Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Highly Suspicious Podcast with Louie and Preston. My name's Louie. My name's Preston. We're recording once again live from the trap house. Hey, guys. We have a very special guest today. Boomy the dog is in the studio. Let's give a round of applause to the Boomy dog. The original mascot for the show, uh, prior to moving locations to to my crib, and now we have an axolotl in the studio. Two big personalities in the same room now. Yeah. Let's see what happens with this one. Actually, in the studio today, we have a real-life human guest, Pierce the Killer Wells. The Killer. (laughs) The Killer Whale. Quote unquote, the killer wells. Killer whale. That's yeah. gonna be my last name now. You're change, legally change yeah. your name to whale. Pierce the killer whale wells. No, it's gonna be Pierce killer whale. Not the killer. No, just, whale. just Pierce killer. Whale. Okay, it's it's your name, so we can go with that. Uh, you you want me to do the intro again? No. <laughs> no hey guys, we're in the studio today with Pierce killer whale. Imagine you walking out to your fight, and they just say your full name. Pierce Killer Whale? Yeah. I'd be pretty... I think I'd cry. You think you'd cry? I think I'd cry. It feels so monumental. Yeah. It'd be like a, it'd be like a turning point in a movie. <laughs> Becoming your true f- self. Yeah. Really, we brought you here to do a fight recap, and I understand you don't really give a fuck about that. So we could just... <laughs> we could just uh, keep it short. I wanted to ask the first fight in Louisville, first fight in the city that your friends and family got to see. How did that feel? It made it way better. It made it way better. It made it way cooler, one hundred percent. How many people in that room did you know? Shoot, bro. Be- because it was a room full of people, and every time Pierce said anything, people were cheering like crazy. Nice. And yeah. and I. I would assume that some of the people that were cheering did not know you, but maybe just knew a fuck ton of people in that room. So I think you were going up and dapping random people like you were the mayor. <laughs> yeah, shaking hands and kissing babies. A lot of the people who were who were cheering for me, cheering for me that I don't like know personally. I don't know were just people that go to the gym that I train at. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, most of the audience there, I would say, was probably. The gym, with a bit all related to the gym, gym in some yeah. way that makes sense and but that that, that makes it so cool though because everyone is like aware of how much work you put in everyone's like just kind of knows who you are just because you're fighting under you know the person who owns the gym yeah it, it, it's just cool it was really cool like the amount of people that I actually knew knew was probably uh, I don't know probably only around like I forget honestly maybe I a little under 20, I think. Cool. You know. That's still a good crowd. 15 yeah. to 20, which, bro, I mean, if each fighter brings in 20 people. Yeah, facts. And there's, you know, 24 fighters, bro. So here, That's not how many people were there, by the way, but theoretically speaking. <laughs> here was something that me and Ben were debating. There had to have been somebody there that wasn't related to any of the fighters in any way. Yeah, maybe. Because well, there were a lot of like people there. There had to have been just one fighting enthusiast in there that had nothing to do with, unrelated to any of the coaches or the fighters or whatever. Because there, sure there was a few. There was a lot of people in that room. 
Was that bigger or smaller than the size of the crowd that you usually see? Well, because there had to be a hundred people watching it, you would think. Yeah, that they were. Uh, I've only had two fights with like an actual crowd. My first two fights were in a tournament in Nashville. So yeah, those aren't really like. The only people there are the people who came with the fighters. There's not like not many people come and watch. Like we had like four people come up and watch one day of the tournament from the gym I was at, but that's not really a crowd thing. That's really just like a get experience thing. Yeah, a spectator. Yeah. Yeah. So that was only the second time I actually had a crowd, and it was the only time I had a crowd of people that I knew. Did it make a negative or positive difference for you? Positive, one hundred percent. Because everyone's cheering for you. Yeah, it makes you more nervous. But not in a bad way. Kind of motivated. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. more amped up, which can, I feel like, you know, that's good or bad. Depending on how you take it, yeah. Yeah. Because some people will be overthinking it a little bit too much. But yeah. if you let it, you know, make you feel, like, pumped, hyped, yeah. and honestly, you got support there. A big thing I was really trying to emphasize that I learned from my last fight was, you know, just trying to be more just happy about the whole situation. Yeah, take it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So... Easier to do that when there are people that you know. Yes, yeah. All that, yeah. Yeah. Did you choreograph what you were doing when you came out, or did you just kind of freestyle that? Cause what the walkout? Because for for the audience that wasn't there has no idea what I was talking about. Pierce comes out to uh, "Now or Never" by Kendrick Lamar, which went crazy, and he got up on the stage. Everybody was cheering and shit for him. And what he did, he kind of just started punching his gloves together as hard as he can. Like, uh, 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 uh. Did (laughs) he play in that? No, not Real King Kong moment. I I did that before. I think I've done it before on my fights. I don't know if I have or not. But I don't know. It just, it, 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 as stupid as it sounds, honestly, it it feels good to like, there's smaller gloves than what you're used to. So you're kind of like, when I'm doing it in the ring right before my fight, it's a little different than, like, I'm doing it for the normal reason that I do it. But, like, I, you're just kind of getting a feel for the gloves. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. It, it amps me up. You ever think about doing, like, some WWE shit when you're coming out? Signature <laughs> shit? Yeah. Nah, that's weird to me. I mean... Go up there and do a right, left, right, left, uppercut. <laughs> nah, I don't think I would. I just try to... I think the biggest thing for me, especially when I'm trying to stay comfortable... Or not comfortable, but, you know, stay in the moment. I just try to, you know... Whatever I feel in the moment is what I'm going to do. And that's why, for the song that I picked, like, I didn't really, I've only known it for, like, two months. It's not, like, a big song for me. Because I remember you put me on not that long before that fight. And I remember I listened to it a couple times. Even the first time when you played it for me, I was kind of like, oh, that might be a good, a good walkout song. And then I, I, I played it and played it. And I was like, this is what I'm going to walk out to. So, I mean, as goofy as this sounds, like, I try to pick stuff that are kind of how I'm feeling at the time. What if uh, you came out to a Pierce Wells beat? That'd be Damn. fucking cool. But th- I, I don't think I actually ever would because like, the odds of them like, really feeling a song that I made. Because when you're making music, you, you're, you know it. Yeah. You know the it song would feel through different. and through. So I don't know if I, would, if I could ever get as hype to a song that I made that just inspired me. But sure. I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, if it ever happens, or there might be a moment in time where I do it regardless. Just, just once. Yeah, yeah, just to do it. Do it. That would probably be, that'd be pretty that's, cool. That's yeah. It would have to be something. It would have to be something special though. Make like, yourself a walkout like, song yeah, just to like just if, to promote yourself. If I yourself. had a major artist on one of them, yeah, and it, like if it was like Kendrick Lamar on one of my beats, that would wild. be different, obviously. Yeah, 
But it, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm in the studio and it's just a crazy moment. Yeah. When I made the song, like. I don't think I have anything else we need to talk about with that. <laughs> yeah. Here's what we have to talk about. Let me sip the bird. So the last episode, we talked about this guy who plays for the Louisville basketball team named Karan Davis. Pierce, do you have any idea who the fuck that is? Dude, I've, I've watched like two games. Ooh. Would you believe me if I said that this was the most interesting player that has ever played under a Louisville uniform? Oh my god. How so? So, quick, I'm going to try to do this as quick as possible, a little rundown of what we talked about last episode. If you didn't listen to the last episode, what are you doing? Click subscribe on the show right now, and leave us a five-star review while you're at it. But, Karan Davis is a player we picked up from JUCO last year, which if you don't know what that means, it's basically a lower-level college. He wasn't even a top 200 JUCO prospect. So no one knows how the fuck we even found this guy, right? He plays one exhibition game for, like, five minutes against Simmons College, which is the worst team that's ever played in the Kentucky Yum Center. And... <laughs> He looked awful. He looked like a deer in headlights. He looked like he'd never played the game of basketball before. Uh huh. So after that, a couple of games after that, he doesn't play. And there is a news report that comes out of that whole situation that he and Kenny Payne got into a physical altercation at practice. Okay. I did not mention that. I was not aware. See of how much shit there is with it's this It's just whole happening thing? so quickly, too. Yeah. That's really it, is that, like... It's one of those cover-ups that was just not covered up very well, and dude's, like, super willing to be open about yeah. it, so it's just all out there now. Well, it's not Not yet, but, like, you know, it will so, be soon, I believe. So Louisville denies it vehemently. And, yeah, sure. And that day that that came out, that it was supposed to have happened, it was, like, open practice to the media, so it kind of seemed like it was bullshit that it didn't actually happen. So a couple of games after that, he just disappears. Karan Davis disappears from the Louisville bench, and and there's reports, you know, he's not traveling with the team, whatever, whatever, and that Kenny Payne will address it after the game. And at the end of the game, someone asks him a point-blank question about it, and he's like, this is not the place to address this. Oh. And so Kenny Payne's talking all this shit about he's not in trouble, He's not in any trouble, but he's just not with the team for reasons that I cannot speak on at this moment. Wild. So. Okay. What, what game was this? DePaul? No, this was this was before we went to New York. This was like the fourth game of the season, maybe. Okay. So since then, he just hasn't been on the bench at all. And, and people keep asking Kenny Payne, you know, what what the fuck's going on? And he keeps making it the point to say, you know, he's not in trouble. He's still with the team. He's just not with the team for reasons that he can't even speculate on. He can't even start to explain why. So a couple games ago against Bellarmine, Karan Davis shows up in the bleachers, in the stands, at the Yum Center, not even... Not with the team, team, but just sitting with the fans in there. Uh-huh. So we don't know if he bought his own ticket or what. And they asked him, they asked Kitty Payne after that game, hey, do you know that 
Karan Davis was watching the game, and he was like, no, I did not know that, but if he was, that's fine, because he's with the team, and he's not in any trouble. You see, you see how that's kind of the running theme here? Okay, so, so not in trouble. So this brings us up to current day, and the fucking madness that happened yesterday. So, so... Karan Davis is still a fucking mystery. No one still knows what the fuck his deal is. And in the morning, he tweets... Uh, here, I should bring this up, actually, so I can actually talk about things like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. It sounds like, to me, like, there's something going on between him and Kenny Payne that shouldn't probably be between anyone else besides him and Kenny Payne. Maybe. But it's so, weird if, if U of L's like... He intends to transfer, and he's like, "Well, that's, I never said I wanted to transfer." That's what I'm getting to. You know, that's uh, that's like the really sus part, honestly. So, Karan Davis tweeted yesterday morning, "I just finished my first semester academically at Louisville. I'm extremely proud of myself. I challenged myself in the classroom and got it done. I'm enjoying the college experience." Being a true college athlete, where I come from, a lot of people don't get this opportunity. Not only is he saying, I love the University of Louisville, but he's also saying, he's assuaging... He say he loves Louisville. People, people were uh, questioning, maybe he's not with the team for academic reasons, because that could be a way that he's, quote-unquote, not in trouble, but he can't be Play, with the teams yeah. if he's not... He's not passing. So that uh, answered more questions than it brought up, brought very little clarification to that. And literally, like, an hour after that, all the reports from, you know, like, the official Louisville College basketball account says that Karan Davis is transferring from Louisville. Now, keep in mind, this is a Juco guy who wasn't on anyone's radar, where, who, if he's transferring, he wouldn't be just transferring to another D1 school. He'd probably be going back to Juco or the lower level shit. So it doesn't make any fucking sense why he would... At, at this point, no one knows what the fuck's going on. Right. Bro. And then after that, Karan Davis tweeted, I didn't express to anyone at U of L that I wanted to transfer. I never asked to transfer. I enjoy being a Cardinal. The fact an official statement was released giving false information is disheartening and sad. Dude, he's gonna go to, like, fucking... Duke or something and ball the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Anyways. He's gonna, like, get revenge straight up, so... So, you know what I think's happening, bro? Uh, Is this fucking... Okay, keep going. I got one more thing, and then we can fucking try to break down any of this. Make sense of any of this. So, after Karan basically flat out denies the report that he's transferring the university made a secondary response where they said prior to the program issuing a statement this afternoon Louisville junior guard Karan Davis was informed that he had been dismissed from the men's basketball team Davis had expressed that he intends to continue his college basketball career and would pursue opportunities at another institution we wish him nothing but the best so he's off the team. Yeah. So he's off the team. So he's not in trouble. He's not in trouble. He has good grades, but we won't let him anywhere near our college basketball players. 
We don't know he has good grades, but he might. He he posted his transfer. Oh, that's he's hilarious. Did? Yeah, that it is, was that like is fucking funny. It was bro. like A's and B's. It was Damn. better than my first semester. You, it sounds like so it sounds like there was something going on in his life that Louisville didn't want to associate with, but Kenny Payne was trying to keep it keep him on the team, and mm. U of L was just like, no, we can't keep him. That's what that's what it sounds like to me. Like something, or you know, but you know, why something Louisville doesn't want to fucking put up with, which is, we don't. I, I can almost guarantee you that what's his name again? Karan Davis. I can almost guarantee you Karan Davis is getting the short end of the stick in this deal. Totally. And and that the University of Louisville just doesn't want to put up with the fact that there might be some controversy with him being on the team. He is getting a raw deal because you take him out of. A situation where he's actually playing college basketball, and he's come here, and all this drama is around his name now. He probably just wants to hoop. He doesn't want to fucking deal with all this shit. Just terrible messaging from the university and the basketball staff. Because if you're not in trouble, why the fuck is any of this happening? Why are you forcing him out if he's not in trouble? He definitely... They just don't want to, like, say exactly yeah. what went Something down. Happened, with yeah. him. What did he do? Did he kill somebody? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Why is it so under wraps? If it was the fighting Kenny Payne thing, I would all this would make sense, but I still wouldn't get why. They wouldn't just say the it? The constant, you know, oh, he's not in trouble, he's not in trouble. Well, and it's weird What's that the they keep lying about different things. I think it's because Kenny Payne wants him to stay on the team. But the Maybe. University of Louisville was trying to get him to... Uh, to it is weird just because they've said he intended to transfer and he's like, that's not true. And then they're like, well, his grades aren't good enough to be on the team. And he's like, well, here's the receipts. That's not true. Yeah. They never said that his grades were not good enough to be on the team. That was just kind of the speculation, a speculation yeah. of a possible so, reason how... So he even just had probably heard that yeah, as speculation yeah. was like, well, that's not fucking is he Is he going to another school now or is it... Has that been confirmed, or is this just... Yeah, that, that's kind of the next important bit of information. Because they said he was transferred. This story is not over. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> this shit is written in pencil, not pen, for that specific reason. Not stone. Mm-hmm. So, we can't just, like, rescind a scholarship midway through the year. That's not right. how scholarships work. It, we can't... Uh, we can take him off the team, was but he we can't... Was he on a scholarship? Yeah. Yeah, he got a full academic scholarship to come play basketball. Which is crazy because he's a fucking unranked JUCO prospect. And he like that, never played even, yeah. That played for five minutes in total. And now people are talking about him more than they're talking about fucking anyone else on the team. Yeah. By the time this episode comes out, this may Kenny be, Payne yeah. will not be the head coach at Louisville. Because this is coming out a week from you today. Wanna, you want to use the podcast powers to manifest that? I don't even know if it's manifesting. I think it's just going to happen. I, think, I don't even know if that's... Dude, because here's what's going to happen. We're going to hire some other Joe Schmo, mm-hmm. and the same shit's going to happen. Mm. Just I keep, don't think so. Just keep Kenny Payne. Dude, like, we can only go... We can't go further down. <laughs> Every time that we say that... Kenny Payne's like, hold my beer. It's not yeah. Kenny Payne's fault that we're trash. Yes, it is. How is it his fault? Right now. We 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 have quite possibly the worst situation in Division One basketball right now. 
to, to because be of the coach. No, <laughs> because of just being a U of L coach is the one of probably one of the worst U of L basketball coach specifically. How? Because how? Because we're under a microscope. The the uh, the university has shown no signs of committing to any any coach. So if you're a coach and you don't win twenty games, right? Well, you have no idea if you're going to keep the job. Well, uh, well, if he if Kenny Payne. Josh Hurd came for the out. Next, yeah, fucking season. The right. athletic director for Louisville came out at the end of. What, Kenny Payne's abysmal first year, and he said, okay, we have our full faith in Kenny Payne, but mediocrity isn't the expectation. The expectation for a Louisville basketball coach is that you're going to get fans yeah. in the stands for this billion-dollar basketball stadium that we have because we have a billion fucking basketball fans. That's really the expectation. No, and the stadium's built the way it's built, so we're gonna have concerts too. Not just because that's not how they make their money, though. Yes, it is, bro. You think it's a U of L basketball team right now? Not right now. They're not making money right now. That's what the fuck I'm telling you. They are. We can't afford to keep Kitty Payne this way. There were two thousand fans in attendance for yesterday's game against Arkansas State, and Arkansas State is a was a four and seven team going into the game. They were coming in throwing L's down. This nobody ass team that has no business ever competing against us, and they beat us by twelve points in yeah. the KFC Yum Center. Why is it so? Why? Why do people like hate us, bro? I'm pissed off right now. Nothing makes me more mad than that fucking L's down shit. <laughs> oh my god, that makes me mad, dude. When UK did it every single time they scored a touchdown, you know, in the fourth quarter, they would throw it up. And I'm like, yeah, at the, God, it didn't at the end of that Louisville Kentucky game, everyone was either throwing L's uh, down or flipping off the crowd. And yeah, it's like, literally. no class at all. Well, what do you expect? Yeah, Boy, you're talking so it. much shit about UK this year, and you're talking about no, no class. <laughs> everyone in our group chat was fucking flaming you about how disrespectful you've been to UK this year. <laughs> I and wasn't even that disrespectful. No, they're just they definitely are a bunch of cookies sometimes, but there were literally times Kentucky lost that I just didn't even say anything. I've never said cookies before in that context. It's <laughs> the first time I ever said that. How did you use it? Like a bunch of sorry ass people, like they just like cookies. Cookies, like it's like kind of like saying like pussy, I guess. I don't know. We are inventing new words on the <laughs> highly suspicious podcast. So, I was trying to think of another way to describe it other than pussy, but... So, going back... That's what I meant. Like, going back to the whole Karan Davis thing. What's the most outrageous thing that you think it could be? It could be some legitimate, like, he's doing illegal shit. Yeah, he's just ripping lines of code. Yeah, he could be fucking Pablo Escobar behind the scenes and Kenny Payne. For every game. That's probably the real reason why they're trying to keep this under wraps because yeah, Louisville's can, been the be prog- problem child forever. Yeah, and so they don't want it if to there's come any out possibility that, yeah. that college players, you know, killing people or slaying coke. This is why Karan Davis is getting so fucked over right now because he could be the fucking nicest guy in the world. Yeah, and we are left to speculate because we are getting no transparency at all from the university. 
Facts. And well, I don't even think he has the ability to speak on it because I know you sign some sort of contract as yeah. a Louisville player. I don't think you just go to the media willy-nilly with shit. Although I guess if he's not on the team anymore, maybe he could. It's one of those, like, he could get into legal trouble probably even now. Yeah. Nothing is nothing pisses me off more than, than U of L being under the microscope that we are. Like, we have gotten the worst punishment in NCAA history, bro. Like, we, not only did they strip our title, yeah. but we had been in 10 years of just straight shit because they decided to smack down on us because they wanted to use us as a fucking scapegoat. Or not as, as an example. Yeah. And now for 10 years, 10, a decade, bro. Yeah. For a decade, we've had to eat shit, and it's bullshit. It's like, yeah. these teams, they're not going to do shit to Michigan. Michigan's going to win a title, and they're not going to do shit. They're going to win a fucking NCAA National Football title with Jim Harbaugh getting a three-game fucking suspension. They shouldn't be allowed in the playoffs, bro. Yeah. I don't care. They proved that they're good without Jim Harbaugh, but, or Harbaugh, but like, who, like, bro, if you did this, bro, we'd be off the fucking map. We'd be off the map. Yeah. It's bullshit. We, like... The amount we have suffered, and now it's like it's it's like shit like this. Now the university's too scared to have a lick of controversy because if we do, they're like, okay, now we gotta kick off this player. Now they're making a whole lot of nothing out of a whole lot of something out of nothing, and then now Kenny Payne potentially looks bad. nothing, and then now, and then now it's gonna be even harder to get a good coach because we just shown that. We're I don't think it'll be. What do you think happened I with think Chris Mack? What do you I think, think it's with Chris fucking Mack? insane that you don't think that we could get a bigger, better coach than Kenny Payne. I don't, Kenny I don't Payne had zero head coaching experience. I'm not saying we couldn't get it, a better coach, but what I'm saying is I don't think it's going to solve much. Because the, what happened with Chris Mack? He came in one year, had a good year. The next year after that, he's fucking, what, one in how many games, whatever? Like, he thought he could get away with something that he couldn't get away with because he's a coach at L. And then he got smacked the fuck down, so you about to fire him. And who's gonna want to come into you and be U of L coach now? Facts. We're not gonna get the next fucking Denny Crum. I can tell you that right now. That's not happening. One of the names that I have been seeing a lot, and I think it's probably who we're gonna get is Jerome Tang. If you don't know who that is, uh, he's the head coach for Kansas State. And he coached them to, like, a Cinderella Elite Eight run last year. And he's having a good year this year. And behind the scenes, he's kind of said that he would be interested in pursuing a career here. And the idea behind taking a coach that has success at a lower-level school, it should be just plug-and-play with Louisville. Because we have the resources, we have the stadium, we have the training facility... We have the NIL money. We can pay good players to come here. Hey, Louisville has a rabid fan base, and we want you to come play here. Here's a $100,000. Okay. So having the coach should be what puts all the shit together. You know, I think this is kind of out of left field-ish. I think sports is probably, like, especially the way Americans approach sports, is, like, the most democratic part of our society. Like the people, the people to, decide. The people do not go to games if the if the team is trash. Yeah, it's true, and that's the best example of showing people with your support and your money how quickly the shit can disappear. Yeah. 
Because we don't boycott shit like we should because it's like, well, all companies are unethical, so am I just going to live in the woods and sew my own sweater? But with sports, it, it makes sense to withdraw your support, not just because, you know, you want Kenny Payne to get fired, but it's like... Am I going to go to a game to see us be fucking terrible no. and lose to Arkansas State no. by 12 points? No. Sure won't. I have never been less, more despondent in the little basketball team than I am right now. Last you year, reach new lows every year, you know? Last year, I saw almost every game. Last year, I saw almost every game in that 4-26 in 26 season or whatever. I don't even check the score now. I don't even care. It's, it's, That's so sad. Yeah, I don't care either. <laughs> I, don't <laughs> I don't care, care at all. Yeah. I mean, there's no point, bro. It's unhealthy if you care. It literally is just unhealthy if you care. Because you're going to go to a it's, game watching it and it's just going to fucking disappoint the shit out of you. It's a defense mechanism to just be despondent yeah. with shit. Yeah. Alright. You just got to ride the wave. Welcome to Musical Intermission. Oh, fuck, that's me, isn't it? It is. by DJ Screw featuring Point Blank. So was it Point Blank doing the raps? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. I was reading through the uh, genius description. Okay. I didn't know. I wouldn't know. So what do you think about it? <sighs> I really like the production. It's yeah. just it's sad that it kind of goes on for too long. <laughs> but uh, I just really like how it's sl- how slow it feels. I like the how he like just pitches down the voice, the smooth guitar. It's only one plot, just doom. Yeah, low bass. Yeah. I think the reason it can get away with the length pause is that uh, uh, longer, <laughs> long, longer songs like that pause. I think. <laughs> I think have uh, the only way that they could be good most of the time is if they're really like a ride it out vibey sort of song or yeah. if there's like and a vibe switch yeah that too uh good example of that is probably like uh runaway by kanye just something that you know it does say the same for most of it, it does change up at about halfway through but it is a lot of the same and it's just like you know, you're just riding out to it. You're just, yeah. how many times do you play out a long song like that just because you're feeling the vibe in that moment? Yeah. And that G- DJ Screw shit, if you're just fucking leaned out of your mind yeah. and you're just playing some shit for almost, uh, you know. Just to have something on. Just yeah. just a vibe at the crib, then why not play all seven minutes? Yeah, dude, I, I just love how it sounds, man. Sounds so smooth. Yeah. And I, 
I really started, uh, I dove down that rabbit hole. It's been so long, I feel like, since I've dove down a rabbit hole. Of, you know, like, following, you know, featured artists or, like, this artist might remind you of this artist. Yeah. Or, you know, it's going through discographies. I haven't done that in a long time, so that was the first time I've done it in a while, and I stumbled upon that, and it was... Dope. When I first played it, I was like, holy what, uh, shit. What were you listening to that sort of led you there? Yeah. Um, what did I listen to? Here, let's see if I can... Because, I mean, that's... Let's uh, see if I call the That's from 95, so probably some more old school... Yeah, I might have... I shit. think I was, I was going down two pocks. Uh, Sick. I yep. was listening to... Uh, fuck, I mean, just it? vocally, it's kind of in that direction yeah. where it's yeah, like, it you know... Goes, yeah. Can we talk about how influential DJ Screw is? Yeah. I don't think the people... I don't think people really understand. That's one of those people that... I don't think That, can. like, if you're not a big music guy, or a big hip-hop guy, really, because he didn't make that big of an impact in terms of just, like, the amount of people that know. Yeah. Which is so but interesting for the sound because... Of the, you know, because a lot of us, like, I know the name. You definitely knew the name before you heard that. Yeah. I don't know any DJ screw music like that. Exactly. So it's just interesting someone who's, I'd argue, damn near more influential on today's rap music than Tupac or Biggie or some of the other names. A lot of DJs are like that, though, where it's like... Because that slowed down, warbly... You know, I was gonna say that alone is happy. like some biggie shit where it's kind that's of it. just people like are not gonna like to hear that, but I think tone that's true. and you know, yeah, like the overall atmosphere of it. I think Tupac's influential, influential in just different ways, you know. So yeah. like, in terms of sound, I mean, he he's he sonically this is more influential. Yeah, and the, Travis Scott, you know, has been known to be like this. This is one of my main influences. I mean, that's the Houston sound. That's probably, like, the first of Houston hip-hop to really, like, be influential like that. I might be speaking a little out of... Probably, but... But But, I agree with you, Yeah, But, yeah, so it influenced Travis Scott, and how much does that Houston sound influence... Think about how it bled over to, like, modern New York sound, like, early ASAP Rocky sounded a lot like that. Yes. Think about how it bled over to the Atlanta sound now, where a lot of it is... Shit like that, where it slowed out, leaned out, sort of. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So- shit that sounds good while you're high. Southern, that's literally the genre of music. Yeah. Yeah. Southern shit. That Southern hip hop, man. I just, yeah. I just fuck with how slow and smooth it is. Slow and smooth. Did you all fuck with the rapper at all? Yeah. I d- There's something about the, the vibe and the pitch down voice. Yeah. Is that what he sounds, you know? Did you ever listen to Point Blank? I would assume it's pitched with the rest of the song. I think so, yeah, too. It could be. I have no idea, though. Oh, I mean, just the rest of it is, like, just the fact that the guitar even is pitched like that kind so, of makes yeah. me assume. I wonder if they recorded it all and pitched it all down. That would be the easiest way to do it. You know? Or was yeah, the do beat it all made, at once. Yeah. Or was the beat made, the rapper rapped on it, and then and they, they pitched sort of, the voice yeah. down. I don't know. We'll, we'll never be able to ask DJ Screw, yeah, unfortunately. R.I.P. Screw. That's definitely one of those where it's like, you could go in either direction, like, from a producing perspective. They could have had it and had him just, like, rapping with pace for the pitch down song, and yeah. it could have been their original intention not to pitch down his voice. Yeah. Maybe. You never know. But that's kind of that was kind of the sound though. Yeah. I don't know. Nowadays I think you would probably make 
the beat first. Yeah. And then exactly. have people on top. Have him rap the way he rapped and just pitch it down. Yeah. But I think back then that's probably what it was. Uh, I think I think that makes the most logical sense to me. That would have been the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a one-step thing. But it would kind of be hard producing like that because it's like I'm producing at a speed where that's not even going to be how you're going to hear. Yeah, you beat. kind of, yeah. You can pitch it down without slowing it down. There's ways to do it. Are you saying that that's what they were doing? Yeah. They pitched it down without... I think they didn't tamper with the timing of the vocals. They just pitched the vocals down. Yeah. Which there's a way to do it. Back then, I, I have no so. idea how they would have done it. I that, think it's the, very that easy would now. imply the, recording separate, though. Yeah. Then. The, it sounded to me like the beat was slowed down and the vocals were slowed down. Maybe. That, maybe that would have been... It didn't seem it. slow enough that it's not like you couldn't like, just speak at that. that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's that's hard what they to do. think when your mind goes blank. Yeah, you can definitely do that pace. I I just don't know. I just don't know. If I feel like maybe back in the day when they made the song, it might have been easier to have it all, you know, at you know whatever it normal was, speed and pitch it down. Like, yeah. I don't know how you pitch it down and not slow it down in the nineties. I know how to do it now, and it's very easy now. Yeah, so it sort of depends. Yeah. Well, what do you think that means? My mind went blank. It's hard to think when my mind goes blank. My mind went blank. I don't know. Is that to be just honest, the... it's hard. It's really hard to like catch on to the lyrics. There's kind of different ways to interpret that, you know, because it's think? like sometimes when you're talking about your mind going blank, it's like when you get upset, you know, like you see yeah. red, your mind goes blank. Yeah, it kind of does seem like he's kind of talking about. Or it's that. about numbing yourself. You know, they're talking about lean. Yeah. Talking about smoking. Yeah. They weren't talking about lean. Oh. You know. Or it could be like. Shit, I didn't think about that. I probably just kicked the table. <laughs> Stupid bastard. It, or it could be like <laughs> a very surface level way to look at it is just like sometimes you'll just be talking and your mind goes blank. Yeah. And it's hard to think when your mind goes blank. Yeah. That ever happened to you guys? It happens to me all the fucking time. Even when I'm recording this podcast, yeah. I'll be mid and I'll be like, life. my mind went blank. You are also like very heavy. Like you're. You probably have the majority of the words on the podcast. So, like... Yeah. It's only yeah fair if you run out yeah, every so like, often. Yeah, like, fuck, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> but, yeah. but, yeah, I don't know. I don't... I usually start sentences with the ending in mind, but I guess not <laughs> all the time. You know what I end up doing? I have an end in mind, but then I always get going off. It's, it's different, else, yeah, yeah, afterwards. I need to not do that. I feel like most people do that. Unless you like, I don't know. There's certain situations where you're not gonna do that. Yeah, if you ask me a direct question about something, we're gonna be on some other shit. If I'm not around three three degrees of separation. If I'm not around people, I don't know. I'm way more like precise with my words. Yeah, concise too. Like I'm just gonna say what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. no rambling. Plus, like no nothing that you can take out of context. You don't know. (laughs) You know, like if I say some weird shit. And you're not you, and you're not my friend. You're gonna be like, "What the fuck did you just say?" So, probably happens all the time. When I'm around my friends, not when I'm around people I don't know. If I'm around people, or you know, make sure you don't say no shit that's yeah. gonna get that reaction. Which is funny because on a podcast, it probably should be. Nah, but it's just out there. Yeah, we're out in the fucking void, just like everyone else, anyway. So, so let's talk about these Teslas. Yeah, there's been a recall on on what. Two, 
almost two million active Teslas in the U.S. Why? Isn't that like all of them though? Didn't they say it's literally all of them? Yeah, it says nearly all. So there will probably be some rich people that get to keep their fucking Teslas. But it's funny because like I had Why a teacher in middle school that like had his shipped over the course of you know like you have to custom order that shit and then wait months for it to ship to you. So it's like the fuck did a teacher get it? Saving, deciding that I want this cutting <laughs> edge car for some myself. There's cheaper Tesla models, but what what was the reason for the recall? It <laughs> it's like weird because like it really just says. Tesla owners who paid $6,000 to $12,000 for the enhanced autopilot or full self-driving features will see a software update on December 19th that will limit the car's autopilot capabilities. So that means that they're taking away autopilot because it doesn't fucking work? Well, I mean, we've gone over how it can't detect people of color, possibly. What? Basically, the people who are programming the self-driving cameras... To detect humans. We're all white. Yeah. And so it didn't recognize anyone that wasn't white. Yeah. That is insane. That is insane, isn't it? Secondhand racism but, via car. But apart from that, even like turning Whoa. left what? as a Tesla is hard for it. And it's, you would assume that as long as autopilot's been out, that that would be better. And we've just kind of been operating under the assumption that we have fucking self-driving cars but once again, Elon's yeah, like been kind how, of feeding yeah. us a bullshit fantasy of the future that is not here. Well, bro, he's all about going to Mars and shit. It's like, dog, I don't want, I don't care about going to Mars, bro. Let's let's try to let's try to. Let's oh, try this to is actually stars. wild. What? He, he's doing some cool shit though. Electric cars are cool. Teslas are pretty cool. But I mean, I don't really care about this going to Mars thing. I just think that. You should be held accountable when you say you're going to do something and Fact. it's just cap. No, I think it just you know kills I mean? me when people well, like ride his dick and say that he's a genius for everything, every idea that he's ever had, anything he ever says online. Everybody's just like, how oh my you, god, this is my yeah. messiah if, almost. Yeah, like, that's weird. But yeah. like, how can you be held to your word, though, if what you're trying to do is pushing the boundaries of like what's possible? Here, here's, how, here's how you push the boundaries in a good way. Hey... I'm going to make a self-driving car. Doesn't make a commitment to anyone. Just shows the intent of what you're trying to do. Yeah. He sold self-driving cars to people. People have purchased self-driving cars. And now, what do you say that it's just going to so, be able to like it's self-park itself and shit like that? It's not going to be actually so this says, anymore. They're recalling them to update the software defective system that's supposed to ensure drivers are paying attention when using autopilot. Documents posted Wednesday by U.S. safety regulators say the update will increase warnings and alerts to drivers and even limit the areas where basic versions of autopilot can operate. So they're still going to have autopilot? Yes. Okay. But so you won't be able to just like put in work and fall asleep in the fucking car and let the car just drive you to work. Like you're, It's going to have to have, have safety updates that'll make sure that you're at least aware of this what is your why the government's doing. terrible because anytime there's any new technology they're like i mean we don't even we fucking understand this, yeah. it so it's gonna take 10 years literally because this shit has been out you, they could have done this you want some things that are ahead of, ahead of the government though like think not about, so not this when you're trying to jaywalk yeah, not self-driving cars <laughs> to your point this was a two-year investigation 
So there was a series of crashes that happened while autopilot was partially automated driving. Shocking. Some of those were deadly. The agency says that it found autopilot's method of making sure that drivers are paying attention can be inadequate and lead to foreseeable misuse of the system. The added controls and alerts will further encourage the driver to adhere to their continuous driving responsibility. Again. Safety experts said while the recall is a good step, it still makes the drivers responsible and doesn't fix the underlying problems that Tesla's automated systems have with spotting and stopping for obstacles in their path. Yeah. Such as, you know, people, cars, animals. obstacles. What do you, what was the, uh, what was the court ruling on Jesus, on the dude who killed somebody with his Tesla? Oh, see, that's probably one of those gray area because, things. Because yeah, it's, it, it, it's a subtra- I don't know if it actually happened or not, but I'm pretty sure it did. So this, I would assume that because Tesla's saying it's the driver's responsibility. Yeah, because you're, drive, you're in the car, it's kind your of car. So yeah, is it still manslaughter? Probably. probably. I would assume probably. so. Um, Google it. I don't so know it says. It's a recall for all models produced between October 5th, 2012 and December 7th of this year. The update was to be sent to certain effective vehicles on Tuesday with the rest getting it later. Interesting. That's another thing. How can't you get a software update from the crib? Why do you have to take the whole Tesla to get a fucking software update? Imagine if for every Apple update you had to... They might need to send it to Apple. They might need to like install additional like warning lights or whatever so that to be within this safety like guidelines of this investigation. You know? Cuz they basically said they need to make it more obvious when there is like when the driver needs to be alerted. So the attempt to address the flaws in autopilot seemed like a case of too little too late for this person who was seriously injured in a 2019 crash involving Tesla that was using the techno- the self-driving technology along a rural stretch of Florida highway where the software isn't supposed to even be used. There's places it can't be used? It, or it's, like, not advised. Uh, so, like, on the highway where you should probably be the one actually driving your car. Or... I feel like the highway... Versus, like, a I feel parking like the lot where there's less speed, less risk. Yeah. You're there, like... You know, Preston, answer me this question. What's a more dangerous place to drive? The highway or the parking lot? I have a a opinion. Depends on your driving. The parking lot's fucking dangerous. You ever been to that Newburgh Target over there? I'm always trying to decapitate me in that month. Every Kroger parking lot is like a battle zone. Yeah, the one case I found, though, the dude got charged with manslaughter. Two counts. That's tough. Damn. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like the, I feel like I feel like the highway would be easier for the car. Yeah, I would think so too. There's less variables. It's just there's okay, usually more straight. space around you and other vehicles as well. Yeah, that's usually the time on road trips I'm not paying attention when it's just an eight lane fucking expressway and there's nobody on it but me. There you are know? times where I would. Oh, that's weird. Because apparently, they said. Auto safety advocates for years have been calling for stronger regulations of the driver monitoring system, basically the main job of which is to detect whether a driver's hands are on the steering wheel. So it's like you can have the car in autopilot, what the fuck? but you have to like have your hands yeah. 
That's at least touching the wheel if, so that you have I like want a modicum of control. If it's autopilot, well, it's, you it's have like to you have your hands on the wheel and you can't use it half the places that you drive. I would say it's like putting cruise it's control. It's not autopilot. You know, where it's like... It, Is it, that autopilot? It takes a little bit of active driving off of your mind. Like, you don't have to worry about the pedals. That's the last thing people need. You can just kind of keep a hand on there. You know, you're not as active Does it driving. force you to have both hands? That's a great question. Because so, if it does, I, that, that is the, useless, the most useless shit of all time. Exactly. So Tesla has promised electric cars, which they've delivered on. They're deadly, but they exist. They exist. They're on the road. Yep. They promise self-driving cars. Every time I see exist. a Tesla, I wonder if it's driving itself. And they promise cyber trucks, and they do not exist. Yeah, that just never happened. Well, there's videos of people fucking while the Tesla's on autopilot. That's wild. That's pretty. That's pretty dope. I don't think life gets much better than that. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's when you've made it. That yeah, that's that goals to tell the Tesla like, to take you home. Exactly how you know you made it. You are fucking in a Tesla that is self-driving while you're technically like driving you if, know, the future. If cars could be <laughs> self-driving, that would be goaded. I would if it fucking works. love that. If you don't have I to worry about love, a manslaughter charge if your car just fucking hits a person of color for no I would reason. love to be on my commute to work that I do not have. And be yeah, like, well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read my book for fifteen minutes yeah. certainly. I'm gonna I'm gonna make myself a sandwich in this Tesla while I'm going to Me work. With the morning. panini press in the Tesla. Oh my god. Fuck. That would be awesome. Whooping it up, chefing it up. Yeah. Just a hot plate. <laughs> Passengers. That would be so dope. It's like, got, I, you're got cooking breakfast on the way to work. That'd be pretty, that would be fucking that is wild. That would be nice. Yeah, you got a, uh, uh, what do you just say? What? What's it called? Hot plate? Uh, yeah, you got a hot plate in the back and you're fucking cooking pancakes on it. You're flipping pancakes <laughs> while the Tesla's driving. Y'all ever We've seen been the, through that morning traffic. Uh, y'all ever seen the videos of the people in dorms cooking like gourmet meals? Yeah. You literally could be like that, but in your Tesla. I think that would catch on so that, quick with the algorithm. That really You know, like, TikTok just loves those student dorm cooking videos. Bro. They just be like, oh my god, in the back of the Tesla? All right, I think that's as far as we need to go on this week's episode. <laughs> we'll be back next Thursday. Highly suspicious every Thursday. <laughs> yeah, what he said. <laughs>